Hi, this is John Nyman with Truth Unveiled, talking today about heaven. How do we know for sure that we're going to heaven? Everybody, I would think, at least everyone that I have talked to through my life, wanted to know about heaven. Are they going there? Which way is the right way? There's so many different ways offered how to get to heaven. Can we be sure that we're going there? Is there really a God? And if so, how do I find him? A lot of people hope so. Most people don't know so. But listen, what if I told you that you can actually know for sure? If there was a way to know 100% sure right now that when you die, you know whether or not you are going to heaven. I mean, why would you want to wait till you die to find out whether or not you know or not? We can know right now, and I want you to know. I want you to be absolutely 100% sure that you are on your way to heaven. So how do we know then? Well, let's set some ground rules here, some principles to live by, some foundational stones to stand on. One is... You don't get to go to heaven by being good enough. Nobody is good enough. That's right. doesn't matter how good you are, how many good works you think you have done. Those good works will not get you to heaven. As a matter of fact, from the view of the true and the living God, the, the holy God, the God of creation, well, he says all of your good works are as filthy rags. They're worthless. They are not going to get you into heaven. What about joining a church? Is there a right church to join? Well, the Bible doesn't say that we find our way to heaven by going to church. Uh, someone had said once, I guess it's a little ridiculous, but going to church won't make you a Christian any more than walking into the garage makes you a car. It's not church. We don't find that in the Bible to get us to go to heaven. Now, if we are on our way to heaven, should we go to church? Absolutely. We need to go to church, and that's a whole new subject. But yes, what about communion? Does taking the Lord's table, communion, get us to go to heaven? The answer is no. You don't get to go to heaven by taking communion. What about baptism then? You know, we baptize babies. We baptize adults. We emerge them, we sprinkle them, we pour water on them. We say you have to be baptized. We say you don't have to be baptized. So the question is, does baptism get us into heaven? And the answer is no, it does not get you into heaven. Well, why doesn't it? Because it's a works. It's something a man does to you. And here's what the Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. So going to heaven is a gift. Going to heaven is grace. Going to heaven has nothing to do with being good, by doing good works, by going to church, being baptized, or any other religious activity such as taking communion and such. 
All right, that's ground rule number one. Now let's look at another rule. Which God are we talking about? If we're talking about heaven, well, what God is up in heaven? And are there more than one gods? Well, there are many gods offered in this day and age. And there is even uh, what they call pantheism, which everything is a god. God's everywhere, God's in everything. And um, that is not true. No, we're not talking about pantheism. We're not talking about false gods. There's only one true living God, and that is the God of creation. That's the God that created us. That's the God that in the beginning, he is here. He's not silent. And he has spoken. Now, we do have a name for this God, actually, in the Holy Bible. There are over 600 names for God. But let me just share with you the, the way, the name that we need to understand is Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. Jesus Christ was actually God who became a man. He was God the Son, and he is Son of God. He is both God the Son and the Son of God. What does that mean? Well, he is God. He became a man. He is the Son of the Father. So, in other words, we believe the Bible speaks of, at least, whether we believe it or not, it's not an issue, but the Bible reveals a Godhead. There are three persons in the Godhead. There are three persons who manifest themselves as God, one God, but manifested in three distinctively different persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one God, each one of those persons has the nature, the character of deity, of God. Jesus had been the Son for all eternity. However, there was a time where he entered into history, and he became an historical figure as a man. Jesus took on a literal human body. So he was both God and man. Now that's significant. And I'll explain why in a minute. But I want you to know that we're talking about the creator of the universe who has expressed himself through the person of Jesus Christ and actually the holy writ, the holy scriptures, the sacred writings of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the Christian church revealed that Jesus was the actual creator. And he became known because he entered into history, time and a place. He became a historical figure. And God walked upon the face of the earth in a human body. So he can be known that there is a God and he can be known, that's for certain. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, who has been sent into the world, John seventeen three. People worship many things, but there's only one God who is to be worshipped, and that is the God 
of the universe, the creator, the true and the living God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. He is the creator of all things. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. God has made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and dwelleth not in temples made with hands. But the question is, how do I know God? How do I know him? Well, there are two evidences uh, of God in the world. There's the inward conscience. You know that there's God because you know that in your heart. Because that thou, that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God showed it unto them, Romans 1.19. But also we have creation to reveal to us that there really is a God. Creation designed by God to point to him. So it leads us to God. But there's something we have to really understand here. Sin entered into the world. In Genesis chapter 3, man, Adam and Eve sinned against God and distorted everything about creation and brought sin, death, dying, suffering into this life. We never knew death until Adam and Eve sinned. No, there's no such thing as evolution. That calls for death, dying, suffering over millions of years so that the fittest would survive, evolve into something more significant, eventually, such as man. No, no, no. That is not true at all. It doesn't happen that way. Never has, never will, never can be. Why? Because things don't evolve into human life. God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth. And we sinned against God and distorted it all. We're all guilty of violating God's word and laws. We're all sinners. There's a penalty for sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 God has provided the way through Jesus Christ. God became a man so that he could suffer and die on the cross. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. That was Jesus. He dwelt among us. And men, over 500, witnessed him not only alive, but uh, many Hundreds of people saw him alive, but about 500 saw him after he was crucified, dead, buried, and rose again. They saw him alive. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for the penalty of sin. So either you pay for the penalty of your own sin for all eternity, and God would be perfectly pleased with that, or you receive his gift, Christ, who suffered and died on the cross for your sins. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but being made live by the Spirit, he came back. He rose from the dead, according to the scriptures. And Jesus Christ is the only way to the God of creation. Jesus himself said this, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. 
But listen, here's the point. You must personally place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not just saying a little prayer. It's yielding your whole life to Christ. It's surrendering your life. If you surrender your whole life to Christ because you are a sinner, because you are hell-bound, because there's only one way to go to heaven, to be forgiven of your sins, to be transformed by having a new man placed within you, you must come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Are you willing to turn to the God of creation through Christ? Are you willing to repent of your sins? Just knowing what I've said won't help you. You've got to act on it. You have to reach out, give your life to Christ, commit your life to Christ, surrender your life to Christ. Do you want to have your sins forgiven and not face eternal separation from God? Do you want Christ to control your life? Then right now, go to God in prayer and commit your life to him. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Say something like this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I now turn from my sin and come to you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Does this prayer express the desire of your heart? If so, stop right now and make it your prayer. Right now, cry out to God for forgiveness. Next episode, I will tell you more. But for now, examine your life. Give your life to Jesus Christ, the only true and living God. God bless you.